0: What are the four cosmic ages mentioned in the Vedic literatures, especially the Kali Yuga? What is the significance of chanting the names of God in this Kali Yuga? We'll look at the five Bible verses about the holy name, as well as the song Something About the Name Jesus by Kirk Franklin. We'll look at a famous verse from the 12th Canto of the Bhagavatam and a verse by the 16th century saint Rupa Goswami. All this and more... In today's episode of Atma Vision. Welcome, welcome to Atma Vision, a sacred space where we do some comparative theology and we see the world and our life in it through the lens of the sacred and scientific teachings from the Chaitanya devotional school of quote-unquote Hinduism. We believe that by engaging with these sacred teachings, we become purified and joyful in this life, and after death, we don't take birth again, but instead we go back to the spiritual world. So welcome once again. Today's topic or today's theme is the holy name, the holy name, the chanting of the holy name of God, as it relates to cosmology, as it relates to this idea of the four yugas or the four ages mentioned in the Vedic literatures. Um, Let me right away quote for you or for us all, because, you know, by coming in contact with these literatures, as I mentioned, there's a process of purification that takes place I mean we really believe that the text itself the texts themselves and I say themselves plural because it's not just the sacred texts of ancient India that mention this but you know for example the Bible itself the Bible talks about um, the word of God as being a lamp for one's feet a light a light on on, one, on one's path right um in Psalms 1 2 three in one I'm sorry sorry Psalms 1. Two to three, it says, "Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night." That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, and whatever they do, prospers. So there's this idea of uh, an immovable object, of rock that we can get a you know attached to. Um, in this turmoil of this world, um, the, the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the main text that we quote on this podcast, for those of you who are here for the first time, um, mentions, for example, in the first canto, quote, persons who have lost their vision due to the dense darkness of ignorance in the age of Kali shall get light from this text or from this Purana. So there's purification that takes place when we hear uh, messages that relate to uh, to the divine or to God. So, as I was saying, let me let me quote um, the first reference that I have for this podcast for this episode. Um, a verse that's for those who know the Bhagavata Purana is super 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 famous, um, and it comes in the twelfth canto uh, of the Bhagavatam. So, at, towards the end of the book, and um, and the verse. Goes like this. Listen. Kaler doshanide rajan asti ek mahad guna kirtanad eva krishnasya mukta sanga param brajend. The translation goes like this. My dear king, although Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults, there is still one good quality about this age. Simply by chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, one can become free from material bondage and be promoted to the transcendental kingdom. So there's a dialogue here. A young 16-year-old naked saint called Chukadeva Goswami is speaking to a dying king who's been cursed to leave his body, as we say, to die in seven days. So the king gives up everything of his kingdom and goes to sit at the at the feet of this self-realized soul and hears from him for seven days and uh, seven nights, excuse me, about about God, basically. And that's what we're all supposed to do, right? At least for a couple of minutes a day. <laughs> so here in this super famous verse, this saint, Shukadeva Swami uh, tells this king that look, and even though Kali Yuga, so what is Kali Yuga? We'll 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 unpack this notion right away. But first, let me repeat the translation. Although Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults, right? Nidhe Kali dosha in Sanskrit means a fault. So, nidhe, an ocean of faults. There is still one good quality about this age. Simply by chanting the holy name of God or the or chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, one can become free from material bondage and be promoted. To the transcendental kingdom. Yuga in Sanskrit means an age. And according to the Bhagavad philosophy, according to Hinduism in general, because all the different schools of Hinduism basically follow the same cosmological um, context with some differences in terms of time and uh, time scales, but not that many great differences. So basically, all the schools that follow quote unquote Sanatana Dharma or Hinduism all basically agree. Uh, on this cosmological time map of the world. Um, And especially with this idea that we are currently in the fourth and worst age of the four ages, of the four cosmic ages that repeat each other, that repeat, you know, one after the other, namely the Kali Yuga, uh, also described as the age of iron, the age of iron or the age of hypocrisy. How long does it last? It lasts 432,000 years when did it start 5000 years ago approximately so how long do we still got do we still have for this kali yuga 427000 years until the end of this kali yuga uh, before that is the copper age the silver age the golden age each one being a lot longer twice as long as actually is 432 so you got about approximately 800000 for the previous age Approximately 1.6 million before that, and you know you multiply that by two, and you get what the length of of the golden age. And the Vedic literature describes that in each of these ages that you know planet Earth or the cosmos, go, the cosmos goes through, for each age, God prescribes a particular system of self-realization that's particularly suited for that particular age in which humans, you know, are all conscious beings. Uh, are are living through, um, and so in Kali Yuga, which again is the worst of the four ages, the the age which is the most degraded, the most adharmic, we could say, like where dharma or spirituality or religion or nobility, you know, noble behavior, moral behavior, upright behavior, doing the right thing, you know, devotion to God is at its lowest, like lowest of the lowest of the lowest. So for this age, for this age in which we live. The prescribed method that is given, at least in the Vaishnava texts, those, you know, texts that are dedicated to worshipping Krishna as the Supreme Lord, as, as God, um, mentioned the chanting, the process of simply chanting the holy names of God. I'll repeat that again because it's 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 so essential and it's so simple at the same time. Chanting the holy name of God. Chanting the holy name of God. That, ladies and gentlemen... According to the Vedic conclusion is the prescribed method of self-realization for this age of Kali in which we live in, since five thousand years, and which is supposed to last for another four hundred twenty-seven thousand years. Right. So, coming back to this verse, Shukadev Goswami, the saint Shukadev, the sixteen-year-old boy, says, "My dear King, although Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults," so he's he's mentioning that you know this age of Kali is an ocean, uh, is an ocean of faults. Um, this reminds me of another verse from the Bhagavatam, um, In this age of Kali, it's described, you know, in, in Kali Yuga, in this age of Kali, men have but short lives, they're quarrelsome. Um, here, here's the translation. It's from the Bhagavatam one ten, And um, the translation is given to us by Prabhupada. We'll speak about him a little bit later in our Prabhupada moment. It goes like this, O oh, learned one, in this iron age of Kali, men have but short lives. They are quarrelsome, lazy, misguided, unlucky, and above all, always disturbed, right? So that's our plight. That's our plight in this age. And so therefore, the sage Shukadev is saying, look, Kali Yuga is an ocean of faults, right? You just have to go on the internet. You just have to go outside, like everywhere you go. It's a miserable age, Right? especially if you have, you know, past life memories of of the golden age or the silver age, or if you really believe in what these ancient Vedic literatures say about these previous ages, right? But, Shukadev says, there's one good quality about this age. There's one, Eka, Mahat, Guna. Guna means quality, Mahat means great, Eka means one. So there's one good quality about this shitty age, And what is that? Simply by chanting the holy name of God, specifically, you know, in this tradition, chanting the names of God, right? Krishnasya, the name of Krishna, or the Hare Krishna mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, one can become free from material bondage and be promoted to the transcendental kingdom. In other words, you chant Hare Krishna in this life on a regular basis. You chant the names of God, right? If you're from another tradition, then whatever. Chant, you know, Emmanuel or Christ, Christ or Jesus, you know, the Psalms, the holy name of God. the the, the If you're a Muslim, chant, you know, Allah, Allah all day, whatever. The point is, in monotheistic, you know, in the monotheistic uh, genre, if you chant the names of God, whatever, you know, however you call God, But since we're dealing with the bhakti school here, we're specifically dealing with Krishna, because we believe that Krishna is God. Um, By chanting Krishna's name, then one becomes free from all one's karma. One becomes free. You become free from your karma, from this life and from past lives, from all the lifetimes you've been you know, wandering in this samsara cycle of birth and death. And not only that, but you get promoted to the transcendental kingdom. You not only do you get, you know, what's called Brahman liberation or impersonal liberation, where the soul gets free of, of you know, of material, of matter, basically. But it doesn't just, you know, merge into some white cosmic light, as many yogis want to achieve, you know, the famous... The famous project of mukti, mukti or moksha, liberation, liberation. No, you actually get you get that as a side effect of going back to the most confidential secret region of the kingdom of God where you enjoy a personal one-on-one relationship with Him. You know, amazing. Amazing. Um, let me quote here a few verses from the Bible. All right. Here's five of them. Listen to this: John 1:1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? So the idea that the name of God is non-different from God. And, there, and so therefore, since God is all-powerful and all-pure by coming in contact with God, then one also becomes purified, right? Here's Romans 10.13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, Right? Same sort of thing. You chant the name of God, you'll be saved from sin. And in the context of a system where you believe in reincarnation, you'll be saved from having to take birth again. Right? Acts 22, verse 16. And now why do you wait? Rise and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So here again, the idea of getting purified, of getting rid of one's sins by calling on God's names. Last two, Jeremiah O oh Lord, you are great and your name is great in might. The idea being, again, echoing this verse from that we just read from, from the Srimad Bhagavatam, that in this age, all you have to do is chant God's names, And by chanting God's name, God is so powerful and he has invested his name with so much power that um, you become free from sin. And finally, in Proverbs 18.10, Listen to this one. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. So when you're, you know, like right now, there's like a big, big, big storm in New York, all sorts of winds and rains and stuff. So imagine you're like on Fifth Avenue and there's like these torrential rains and, and winds blowing you. If you can somehow grab on to, to, you know, a light pole, for example, that's really well anchored into the into the cement, into the ground, then you don't get carried away by the wind. So in a similar way, by chanting God's name on a regular basis, you get you stay anchored in divinity. You, anch- you stay anchored on the, on the spiritual uh, platform. So now, my friends, let's go to our Prabhupada moment. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Prabhupada is, we'll talk about him a little bit later, just after hearing the wonderful Mahamantra that he chants. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare. Prabhupada, who uh, was born in eighteen ninety six, brought the Hare Krishna mantra, the chanting of the holy name. Um, the The process of Bhakti Yoga, it is, as it is most widely you know known around the world, he brought the most famous translation and commentary to the famous text, the Bhagavad Gita, um, as well as translations and commentaries to the Shrimad Bhagavatam um, to the Western world. He is, as we say in French, uh, incontournable. He is, you know, you can't you cannot speak of contemporary hinduism what to speak of kirtan culture and and bhakti without referring to ac bhakti vedanta swami Prabhupada. he is a monumental figure historically speaking um, in the in the uh, export let's say or the globalization or the transnationalization of of krishna bhakti right so as we do every time let's hear from him directly um, here we're going to hear him speak briefly about the chanting the chanting of the maha mantra so we may we may pause it uh or we may not but listen to his voice here he goes oops excuse me That's, Hare krishna, Hare what you're hearing krishna, here is my Hare spiritual master's mantra or Hare krishna mantra bhakti charu i'll speak about him in one of my future episodes but here is Prabhupada. sorry for the glitch why do we see so many of your followers chanting um, yes. almost all the time? Chanting means to keep association with God always. So you have to audibly chant yes. Hare Krishna. Yes. This is this is uh, transcendental transcendental vibration. Just like uh, radio message, if you keep contact with the radio message, mm-hmm. uh, then you know everything what is going on outside. Simil- so here he is saying, right, Just it's just like a radio message. If you keep contact with radio, because there was no internet back then, this is an interview in 1970-something in America, proper thing, just like a, a, if you're connected to the radio, then you know what's going on. So similarly... This transcendental sound, Hare Krishna, if you chant, then you keep connection with God directly. So if you keep... Chanting, if you chant this Hare Krishna mantra, then as he says here, you keep a connection with God directly. Thank you. (laughs) All glories to Prabhupada. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. As I said at the beginning, I was going to refer or make a reference to a verse from Rupa Goswami, who, those of you who may not know, is one of the most famous saints in the Krishna Bhakti tradition, uh, a saint who um, uh, wrote the foundational texts of the Krishna Bhakti tradition. And one of his texts is called The Nectar of Instruction, the Upade-Shamrita. And In verse number seven, or, or five, excuse me, um, he, he speaks about the holy name of God. Right. He speaks about the holy name of Krishna in particular, and so let me let me read this verse to you um, because it is um, it's very significant. <laughs> So Rupa Goswami says here, the holy name, and then he also adds character, pastimes, and activities of Krishna. But let's just focus on the holy name here, because anyway, as you'll see in the next part of this verse, he speaks about chanting the holy name. At any rate, the holy name, character, pastimes, and activities of Krishna are all transcendently sweet like sugar candy. Although the tongue of one afflicted by the jaundice of avidya, or ignorance cannot taste anything sweet, it is wonderful that simply by carefully chanting these sweet names every day, a natural relish awakens within his tongue and his disease is gradually destroyed at the root. So, in other words, the name of Krishna is in its own ontological, pure sense. I mean, there's never an impure holy name of God, but I mean, it's only the chanter who may make it impure in his own utterance. Um, But the idea is that the holy name of God is sweet. Not only is it pure, but it's sweet like sugar candy, right? Like sugar candy. And here then Rupa Goswami talks to you, talks to me and says, although the tongue of one afflicted by the jaundice of ignorance cannot taste anything sweet. So I don't know if you've had jaundice before. It's a condition that you get where there's some bilious, excuse me, there's some bilious secretions, that make your liver kind of messed up. And and the symptom is that when you eat something sweet, it tastes bitter. Even though it's sweet, it tastes bitter, right? It's not the problem of the actual thing you're putting in your mouth. It's the problem of your own digestion and your own taste buds, right? Now, in pre-industrial India in the 16th century, one of the remedies for jaundice was precisely to force yourself to eat sugar candy, to eat sweets. And by the effect of the sugar candy, the liver would get somehow, you know, cured. And lo and behold, one fine day when you no longer have jaundice, you eat that sugar candy, which while you have the condition tastes super, super bitter. But once you no longer have jaundice, ah, the the sweetness of the sugar candy manifests again in your tongue, in your mouth. And you're like, oh, this is really sweet. It was always sweet, but you didn't taste it as sweet because of your condition of ignorance. Or and that's where we're you know Rupa Goswami compares jaundice to ignorance, ignorance, deep ignorance, you know, met- metaphysical ignorance. And and what does that mean? You know, ignorance of our real identity as souls. Ignorance of, of who we are spiritually, ignorance in the sense of falsely identifying with this material body and thinking I'm white, I'm black, I'm, you know, straight, I'm heterosexual, I identify as this gender or that gender, my pronouns are this and that. I am this body, I'm this body, I'm this body. Ignorance. It's deep ignorance, right? And so he says here, this, the wonderful thing is that by simply carefully chanting these sweet names every day, Right, A natural relish awakens within his tongue and his disease is gradually destroyed at the root. In other words, you keep eating that sugar candy and soon enough your jaundice goes away. Similarly, you keep chanting the names of God on a regular daily basis and that ignorance, this false identification with matter which causes fear and anxiety and so on, disappears. And you reawaken your dormant love for God. You reawaken your yourself as an eternal servant of Krishna. And concomitant to that is joy and bliss and peacefulness and, and just being super happy as an eternal spiritual being, right. In relationship with the Supreme being, namely Krishna. Right. And so this, this idea of, you know, the sweet Holy name, um, you know, for those of us, at least speaking for myself, it's, 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 you know, easier said than done. Like in other words, Yeah. You know, I've been chanting Hare Krishna for 29 years and I'm still doing it every day by by Krishna's mercy. So I I, I reckon unless I'm insane, I'm experiencing some sort of sweetness. I'm relishing something when I chant because otherwise, why would I do it? Right? But I can definitely testify that I'm super far from like, you know, thinking, oh, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning really early so I can chant, you know, on my rosary, chant God's names for two hours with great relish, you know, not not being at all, you know, um, pulled to to see, you know, my notifications on Instagram and Facebook and whatever and my emails and, you know, who scored what game and so on. Right. No. But anyway, um, we have to just be patient and slowly but surely. Uh, that holy name will awaken. And and we have contemporaries, not just in the Bhakti tradition, but also, you know, especially in the Christian tradition, which glorif- who glorify the sweetness of God's holy name. And for example, I think this is apropos now, to, um, to refer to a song, uh, one of, it's actually my favorite gospel song by far. It's my favorite gospel song on the whole planet, and I've listened to a lot of gospel. It's called Something About the Name Jesus by Kirk Franklin, right? And in this third or second verse, uh, just before we get to the chorus, he says, you know, uh, it's just like the, the holy name of Jesus is like like honey from the honeycomb. It shot up in my bones, <laughs> um, and it won't leave me alone. Um, uh, listen to this. This is, this is, in my opinion, wonderful by Kirk Franklin. a sweet! So he says, it's the sweetest name I know, it's the sweetest name I know, it's the sweetest name I know, the holy name, Jesus. So my friends, you see, in all theistic traditions, there's this glorification of the power and the beauty of chanting the the holy name of God and and the, the wonderful effect it has on our consciousness. So if the Bible tells us so, and if the Srimad Bhagavatam tells us so, then we have no other choice and no other, well, we do have a choice, but we we had better use our intelligence and and do what is told to us to do, namely to chant, to chant, to chant God's holy name. And if we continue doing that on a daily basis, then the effects, the horrible effects of this Kali Yuga, right? Of this horrible Kali Yuga that we're in, the, 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 the horrible ocean of faults, um, won't affect us or won't nearly affect us as much as it would if we were not chanting the holy names, right? So let us continue chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Holding on to that one, that Eka Guna, that one good quality, that one blessing that's bestowed to us in this otherwise pretty nasty age of Kali that we live in, the holy name of God. And if we keep doing that, then um, as Prabhupada would say, we will go back home, back to Godhead. And before that, in this very life, we'll live as happily as we possibly could. So um, thanks again. And until next time, Hare Krishna.